Well, this morning, we are continuing in our look in Proverbs, in chapter 23, and looking at the good life, and seeking the good life, and enjoying the good life, or is it? These verses that we're going to look at, verses 1 through 8 of chapter 23, they're actually part of a larger series of verses, beginning in the previous chapter and continuing on through chapter 24, from uh, 22.17 through 24.22, there are 30 sayings, and they're, they're loosely based off of addition, uh, uh, similar sayings that come out of Egypt, as a matter of fact. It's a... Uh, it's kind of one of those historical tropes, you might say, that we have found other writings that are similar and that even follow similar ideas, and yet this is specifically uh, done by Solomon, although he's using a different, you know, this, this method. But it's, it's 30 sayings that just kind of, every few verses make up a saying, and, and it progresses, and there is no real order to it or other than following the the Egyptian order there. But in these first eight verses, what we do see is something of a similar theme focused on this question of seeking the good life. And and I only mention that 30 sayings thing because as I put in the sermon notes there and the, uh, you know, what's coming up in the the coming weeks, uh, not only do I encourage you to read chapter 23, but if you want to, what might be a fun exercise is to go ahead and read 22.17 through 24.22 and, and get these 30 sayings in order as they come. But what we're looking at today is definitely something to do with appetites. You'll notice as we go through and looking at this good life that it's, it's focused on predominantly on food and on the enjoyment of food and specifically rich food. And, and so let's go ahead and, and go through these verses. We're going to take them one saying at a time. So the first one is the first three verses. And the 23 verse 1 tells us, When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for it is deceptive food. So so the first saying that we're going to deal with is this idea of when you sit down with a ruler, with somebody who's in charge of things. So the imagery, the, the picture is if you're sitting down with a dignitary. Somebody who has good things and wealthy things, not so much from their own ability or what they've earned, but it comes with the position, you might say. When you sit down with a ruler, somebody who, who has invited you and they, are in, and they have many things that you do not normally have, he tells us to consider carefully. And that word, consider carefully, is actually the same word twice. It's discern discerningly. It's the idea of think about what is before you. Think about these things that you're eating, that they're presenting to you. And in verse 2, we're told... Put a knife to your throat. Put a knife to your throat if you're a man of great appetite. And that word great is actually added. It's uh, if you're a man of appetite. And the word for appetite is actually nefesh, which is soul or human being, a living being. 
This is a word that we've seen in Proverbs previously talking about the self, the inner man. And it's the idea that, uh, you know, put a knife to your throat as in kill yourself or at least threaten yourself with death. Hold yourself back from eating is the idea. From giving into it too much. If you're a person of great, and, and again, great is added there, but the, the appetite also has the idea of desire or passion. If your soul is desirous of these things, be careful while you eat them. Don't give in to the desire for these things. Because as he says in verse 3, do not desire his delicacies. Don't uh, crave and long for these uh, tasty things. These delicacies, they're tasty or savory because it's deceptive food. It's a lie. It's a false thing. Now, the food is there, but all that is wrapped up into it, the idea that you could have this all the time, that you, that you deserve it in some way, all of the fine things that people build themselves up with and enjoy, he says, be careful about them because they're deceptive. They're false. They're not true. They're a lie. You're going to have to go back home eventually at some point. The, the person who can wine and dine may not always have that position and that ability to wine and dine. Don't give into thinking about all these finer things. In, in other words, he's telling them, uh, when you sit down to dine with a ruler, you know, think about what you're eating and think about all that is going on and don't just be caught up in the moment and don't desire these things. Be careful and, and hold yourself back, especially if you find yourself inclined to indulge and overindulge in it. Because it's, it's deceptive. It's a lie. Don't desire these things. And so what he's telling us is, is do not fall in love with the finer things. Don't don't find yourself going and tasting really nice things and saying, wow, I need to have that all the time. He's not saying get away from there necessarily. It's not saying that you can't enjoy from time to time those things. But don't, don't give yourself to them. Be careful that you don't seek them all the time. Be careful that you don't in, overindulge in them don't desire them. Don't uh, crave and long for it. It's one thing to receive it and to enjoy it for a moment. It's another thing, the craving idea, the desiring. Don't desire his delicacies. You know, if you, if you have friends that happen to be a little bit well off, more so than you are, and they are able to have fine food and nice things, and you go and you eat, hey, that's wonderful that they're willing to share, but don't crave their things. Don't crave their delicacies. It's deceptive. It's not all it's cracked up to be at some times. It's not worth it. I was looking the other day at uh, the food prices for uh, banquets in a, in a fancy hotel. Like 80 bucks a head a person. 75 bucks a person. And I thought, my word, no food is worth that. It can't be that good. 
But you go and you eat it and you think, wow, this is eating, this is living. I should eat this way all the time. But no, it's deceptive, especially if you're not the one providing it. If you're sitting down to dine with a ruler, they're paying for it. You don't realize the cost involved. Don't fall in love with the finer things. They're just, it's just food. And what's the purpose of food? What's the point of food? Predominantly, it's nutrients so that we have fuel so we might live. We are, we are so blessed as a nation and as a people that we can elevate food to, to enjoyment, that we can elevate food to delight. And, and I love to make a yummy dish. I love making good food. You know, I, in fact, recently I was getting in trouble because apparently I make the same thing too often. You know, and I only think, well, wait a minute now. What about people who eat beans and rice every day of the week? What about kids that grow, wake up and they eat rice cereal for breakfast and then they eat rice for lunch if they're lucky enough to eat a lunch? Maybe they just get two meals a day and it's rice. You know, the world used to be like that quite a bit. It still is in many places. You're lucky if you get two meals a day. And we are at such a luxurious point where we can actually complain about eating the same thing. Not every day, but just, we ate this a couple of weeks ago. You're, you're, you're leaning too heavy on that. You need to, we've got many options. We've got to watch out that we don't fall in love with the finer things. Because as he says, these delicacies, these things, they're deceptive. It's a lie. I, I think to a certain extent, the wealth and the, the prosperity that we have experienced in America blinds us to reality. It blinds us to the real problems and the real struggles in the world because we are so above it all, in a way. The idea of, of wealth continues in the second saying that we're going to get to. And, and I think it will inform a little bit the idea of don't desire those delicacies, their deceptive food. Don't fall in love with the finer things. Because if you fall in love with the finer things, how are you going to afford them? How are you going to afford the finer things? How are you going to afford those nice meals? Well, you've got you to gotta find some money, right? And so the very next statement in verse 5, or excuse me, verse 4, do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. Don't work yourself. Don't toil and um, grow weary to be rich, to gain wealth, to become rich. Don't, don't work yourself to the bone. Trying to become rich, cease from your consideration of it. Remember, we, uh, so previously we, we had the idea of dis, to discern. This is the idea of having that discernment. Cease from your discerning of it, you might say. Your, your thoughts about it, your, your desire for it. Don't be so focused on trying to have money that you weary yourself, that you, you drive yourself down trying to gain it. And, and his reason for that is because in verse 5, when you set your eyes on it, it's gone. Literally, uh, um, when you fly your eyes over it, the, the word for set your eyes on it is uh, that you would fly your eye on it. The, the, the word for set is the word to fly. And so Solomon's doing this thing where he says if you 
fly your eye on it, you, 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 you glance at it, as soon as you've done it, it, it's gone. Because wealth certainly makes itself wings, like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. So your eyes fly to it and it flies away, is the idea. As soon as you seek it, it's going to disappear. As soon as you go after it, now that's not always true, is it? There are people that make wealth. There are people that make a lot of money. They, they seek it, they go after it. So what is he saying here? On, on the one hand, what he is saying is, is I, I think we could interpret it to say, as soon as you seek it, and as soon as you see it, it's not enough. You know, almost everybody in the world would be happy with just a little bit more. You, you can be a millionaire, and you would be happy with just a little bit more. I think we have finally gotten to the extent where there are some people in our world who actually don't feel like they want a little bit more because they can't even count how much money they currently have. But that's an extreme. And if you took it away, they'd probably want a little bit more. But what is he really getting at? What is the idea, the picture here? Just like the, the, the rich food in verse 3 is deceptive, those delicacies are deceptive food. It, it's not that it's not truly good food. It's that the, the whole thing around it isn't true. The whole thing around it is deceptive. The idea that you could have it for yourself, that, it, that you deserve it. Is deceptive. And the same thing is true here. We shouldn't work ourselves and toil and become weary to try to become wealthy and to become rich. And we're encouraged to, to stop thinking about it because as soon as you set your eyes on it, it's gone. It, it's transient. It doesn't last. It doesn't secure you. I think a lot of times we go and we think of money as being this thing that will provide us security. And he's saying, no. Wealth does not provide True security. Wealth, wealth can maybe provide you with the, uh, the picture of security, the, the feeling of security, but wealth can disappear. Wealth can, can die away very quickly. You might have it, you might uh, hold on to it for a while, but it can also be taken away from you. You can also lose it. It can also come up short. What happens to you then? The idea isn't that it's, it's bad to have any preparation. or The focus is a, a focus of the heart. What are we focused on? What are we desiring? Are we, what are we working so hard to gain? If you're working with every energy just to become wealthy, you're, you're missing the boat is the idea. Don't weary yourself to become wealthy. It's like Jesus tells us in uh, Matthew 6. Your father knows that you need these things. Don't the Gentiles, you know, they, they, they scurry around trying to make sure they have enough food, enough drink. They're worried about what they're going to wear. So don't weary yourself over these things. Your father in heaven knows that you have need of these things. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. The idea is don't set your heart on becoming rich. Set your heart on serving God. Set your heart on working hard and what He has given you to do. If you happen to become rich, that's fine. But that's not supposed to be our focus. Wealth does not provide true security. 
And if we focus our energy on making money, we are cutting ourselves short. We are giving ourselves the wrong thing in life. That's not the purpose of life, to become wealthy. As we read in Ecclesiastes, the, if you become wealthy, you know, what's the point? Who's, who's it for? You're going to die, and then you're going to leave it to somebody else. So if you spend all your time working to gain a bunch of money, you're going down the wrong path. That's an appetite you don't want to feed. The desire for wealth. He continues the uh, going back to, so we've had we've had sitting down with to dine with the ruler, and not wanting to 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 desire their delicacies. It's deceptive. Now we see the deception of desiring to become wealthy. That it's not true security. That it that you set your eye on it and it just wants to fly away. That's not literal, obviously. And now we go back to the idea of eating again in verse 6. He says to us, Do not eat the bread of a selfish man or desire his delicacy. There's the desiring of delicacies again, popping up again. Don't eat the bread of a selfish man. Now, uh, to eat is literally chew. Later on, the very next verse, it'll talk about his, you know, he says to you, eat and drink. And that, it's a different word for eat there. What he's saying here is it's, it's the idea of consuming, uh, of, of the teeth gnashing together. When It's the same word used when, when armies would clash in battle. So it's a very violent idea, this word of eat the bread. It's, it's don't consume the bread of a selfish man. Literally, an evil eye. That's the, 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 real, the literal words in the Hebrew are evil eye. We don't really talk in America about the evil eye too much. I know that's, a, that's an Italian idea. That's a European idea. But the idea conveying here is kind of, kind of the idea of a person who is envious or covetous. They're looking at you without joy. They're looking at you with harm and wickedness and evil intentions towards you. So don't eat their bread. Why? Because as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink. He says to you, oh yeah, come on and join this feast. But his heart is not with you. He has an outward appearance that he is trying to portray of welcome but inwardly, he doesn't want you to join him. He doesn't want to share. That's why the idea of don't eat bread of a selfish man, that's why the selfish man is the interpretation there because he doesn't really want you to join and eat and drink. Within himself, he wants to withhold it from you. He is making a pretense. He is just making a show of it, probably because it's expected, because that's good... Um, manners. You know, in, in the time that Solomon was writing, uh, hospitality was a main issue. It was a big part of how you lived. You know, remember the stories of, for instance, the uh, Levite traveling and judges, and he comes to a town, and he tells the man, oh, I'm just going to stay here in the square. And the man says, no, uh, please come to my home. You know, there was a matter of protection for a traveler 
But there was also the idea of our town needs to be known as a hospitable place. My house needs to be known as a hospitable place. People who travel need to know that they can come and receive welcome. Well, here is somebody who's putting on a show of welcome. They're putting on a show, but down deep, they're not that way. And generally we know when people are truly generous and when they're just acting generous, right? Usually we know. And what he's saying is don't eat the bread of a person who really isn't generous. They're actually, they give you the evil eye. They're selfish. They say, yeah, they say eat and drink, but their heart's not with you. They're, and, and what really counts isn't what they say, but how they are inside. And so he says in verse 8, if you were to eat that bread, well, you'll just vomit up the morsel, literally the crumbs that you have eaten, and waste your compliments. Your, your, your praise for them and that food that you've eaten will not sit well with you. It will not end well with you. You're just going to vomit it up. You're going to waste your compliments. So don't, don't eat the bread. Don't um, join in with a person who is this kind of a human being. And, and what he's getting at, remember that, uh, as I was saying earlier, that our hospitality was important back then. Who you ate with was an important thing. If you were willing to eat with a person, remember Jesus at the, the well in Samaria. And the Samaritan woman says, well, you Jews don't even, you, you don't receive food or drink from us. You want to even use our utensils. You know, for Jesus to ask her for, give me a drink of water, it was one thing for him to say, hey, can I use your bucket? That would have been crazy enough. But to even ask her to give it to him, to be the one who would supply him with water, was beyond her comprehension. Because Jewish people didn't have anything to do with Samaritans back then. The same thing happens with uh, Peter. Peter needs a vision from God repeated three times for him to understand it's okay to go into the house of a Roman. He needed God to give him direct revelation because he never would have gone to Cornelius' house because he didn't eat with Romans. It had to do with who you were in fellowship with. It had to do with uh, being a good Jew, that you didn't eat with the foreigners, that you didn't spend time with them. We see that idea even back as far as in Genesis with Joseph in Egypt, that he had to eat when he was meeting his brothers and he was feeding them. They were actually separated. The Egyptians that were eating with him at his table were in another room. And he was in his own room because he was too high up in, in stature to be eating with them but not only that, his brothers were separated either in another room or with a curtain because the Egyptians didn't want to have anything to do with these foreigners. So when he's providing from his table for his brothers, he is having food taken off of his table by the servants to another room or another partition within the same room. They're not all on the, the same table like our little you know, elementary school books show us where they're all sitting together. They're all separated because they didn't have fellowship with one another. And what, what Solomon is telling us, in essence, is to be careful who you have fellowship with. Because fellowship with the wicked will end destructively. Don't eat the bread of somebody who doesn't really love you. Don't eat the bread. Don't have fellowship with them. Don't, don't sit down at a meal with them if they are wicked. Because it's not going to come out well. It's not going to end well. 
And if anything, I, I, I would say that that is the, the, the theme that carries through all three of these sayings. They start with desire. You know, desiring the bread, eating the, the good food, the delicacies, wanting to become rich. Oh, that fancy food that that ruler eats. It all starts with a desire. And it looks like it's really good. Our, our world says those are the things we should be shooting for. But they end in destruction. Fellowship with the wicked ends destructively. Seeking to weary yourself for, for, to be rich, it, it falls away, it disappears. It's like an eagle, it flies toward the heavens. And desiring the delicacies of the rich person, the ruler. It's not yours, and you're going to, if you crave it, if you desire it, if you long for it, it'll end in destruction. There's something to be said for, for being content with where we are in our lives, to be content with what we have. In fact, I think you're, you're probably happier and better off. I, I don't know about you. Uh, I kind of like being comfortable. And for me, comfortable isn't a bunch of nice things. I've sat at tables of rich people. Their dining room chairs are some of the most uncomfortable chairs I've ever sat in. But they look fancy. I've been in rich people's houses. You can't put your feet up on anything. I like a coffee table that's made out of wood, not glass, that I can put my feet up on it if I want. I want to be comfortable if I want. I feel like I live like a king comparatively. I don't want that fancy stuff, and that's what he's getting at. That's, we don't need, you're probably better off, truly, without those fancy things. Don't seek it. Don't desire it. But that's what our world does, isn't it? That's what our culture does. It seeks the fancy things. It seeks those nice things. And, and it can be tempting. You get around people that have nice things. And they have good food. And they share it with you. And you can think to yourself, oh, this is it. I need to have this too. And you can weary yourself trying to become rich. The, to become rich isn't the focus. But if we make it the focus, we can really do some damage. And quite honestly, I think when you strive and you weary yourself to gain wealth, you're willing to eat bread with all sorts of people. Because if the end goal is wealth, well, you might have to make a few de deals with the devil to get there, right? You might have to be friends with this person. You might have to have fellowship with that person, even though they really don't like you, and maybe you really don't like them either, but you all got to get along so we can get ahead. But it all ends disastrously. It all ends destructively. Those are appetites we don't need to feed. That's not the good life. That's a dangerous, deceptive life. The good life is not trusting in our wealth, but trusting in the Lord. The, the good life is eating what the Lord provides us. Give us this day our daily bread. being content with what the Lord has provided for us. Doing the best we can with what we have. And I'm, we're not talking about being lazy, but not 
working ourselves to the bone to seek something that is material, that will, that will not last. That's what Jesus says about storing up your treasures, right? He says, don't store your treasure here on earth where rot, uh, rust and moth destroy, where thieves can break in and steal it. It's not uh, enduring. Store up your, for yourselves treasures in heaven. That is an enduring treasure. That is something that will last, that rust can't destroy it, moths can't eat it, and thieves can't break in and steal it. And ultimately, have fellowship with the Lord. Have fellowship with the Lord's people. The people who don't sit there and say, oh, eat and drink, but no, secretly they really don't want you to have it. No. Have fellowship with the type of people that truly say, come and join and share with what I've got. It may not be much, but you can have some. Who truly want you to eat it. Who truly want you to enjoy it. Who truly love you. They don't have an evil eye against you. But a loving eye. Have fellowship with the Lord. And His people. I think that's the good life. If we seek it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... Thank you that uh, we, you remind us on a regular basis from your word how messed up the world is, how twisted our desires can be. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to desire good things, to desire you, Lord, that we wouldn't crave for the delicacies of the rich, that we wouldn't work ourselves to the bone trying to become rich, that we wouldn't have fellowship with those who truly hate us. But Lord, that we would seek what You can provide, what You do provide. That we would seek to work for You and to, to live for You, Lord. And Lord, we pray that we would have fellowship with You and with Your people. We pray that You would help us to, if our hearts are focused on the wrong things, we pray you help us to focus on the right things, on you, Lord. We ask today in Jesus' name, amen.